0: Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Dallara, and welcome to the Thanksgiving special. I've got producer Corey with us, but first, just a quick note from our partners at Thrive Fantasy. If you guys are traveling, maybe you're not in the state where you can traditionally bet on sports and you want to get some action in, be sure to download Thrive Fantasy, that's T-H-R-I-V-E, Fantasy, and use promo code CASHTHAT, no spaces, promo code CASHTHAT, for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Um, It helps you guys out. Obviously, you guys get a little extra dough to play with. You know, Thanksgiving's the season for giving, and we are trying to give you some free money. And honestly... You guys know how this works it's an affiliate code. We get a little bit something too, and we can help put and produce some of this good content for you. Um, but look, so if you, if you get the opportunity, if you're in a legal state for thrive fantasy, be sure to download it and use promo code cash that, and let us know if you guys like it also you know if you really feel thankful and you guys appreciate the pod be sure to just steal everybody's phone when you're at the thanksgiving table and just make sure that they subscribe it helps our numbers it helps our visibility and you know it'll really help us with some of the retention that we're trying to get with these games and with the you know with our content um but with all of that being said producer Corey, how you doing it's been a minute here man I'm a bit under the weather. Uh, aside from that, I'm pretty jacked
1: up. The Devils are on a 13-game winning streak. Uh, I was dude, able to go to the game last night with about 16 members of my family. It was pretty nuts. That's fucking
0: awesome. And pay the, the price Devils, right now for it, but. the Devils are crazy because we actually bet like quite. We have like quite a nice bet in on them. But also, I have this great audio of producer Corey. <laughs> and hear, it's, but I'll put it in. Good. Corey knows. But, uh, you know, the Devils have been incredible. We have some nice bets on them to what? I don't even know all of the things, but to be in first of everything.
1: First off, I took a future out for them to win the Stanley Cup. I put like $15 on it when I was a little in the bag one night. Thought it'd be funny. There. That's becoming a real possibility. And I am so excited about that.
0: I know. I know. I'm excited. I have money on them to win the Stanley Cup, the President's Cup, the Metro Division. And I think something else, I, like, just can't recommend these bets because I'm honestly just blindly tailing them. Um, Yeah, and I blindly
1: made them, so I didn't really put much thought into it. We always knew the team
0: was good. Uh,
1: The big dig has always been that, like, they're super young. They're not going to be able to sustain this, blah, blah, blah. That's what Rangers fans say. Um, The alternative is, what, have a bunch of old guys out there who also can't sustain it? Like, I don't understand what you're saying. Um, I know the gold so differential I get they have to- is fucking out of this world. So it's a real possibility and no one's raining on my parade. All right. Don't yuck my yum.
0: No, I got to get to a game. The, the Prudential center is only, you know, like I'm not even a mile away from my office. So gotta, gotta Anytime, get down Joe, there. Hit me gotta up. get down there. Let's go. Um, but with that, you know, we've, we want to, we're going to obviously talk about the NFL games. Uh, we have three big games, including our New York football giants, but I needed producer Corey's input on this because it's obviously like rah rah go USA uh, for the World Cup. And aside from the lack of beer at the World Cup, I don't know what is like the biggest debacle going on there, but Argentina losing to the Saudis seems Whoa, significant. <laughs> um, and uh... that's not even the half of it, Joe. <laughs> okay. Please, please advise. It's a
1: full blown fire fest. <laughs> There's a fan village, and like everyone showed up in the same two days to get there. So if you had reservations at the Fan Village, the check-in was like an eight-hour long line. Oh in, no! In the Saudi sun, in the Qatari oh, sun, no. same thing. It's the same sun. They're right next to each other. Get Is it here.
0: Qatari? But then it's Cutter.
1: I'm saying Qatar. It's been Qatar my it. entire life. About five years ago, some asshole on like some news network started saying Cutter, and now we're calling it Cutter. No, Cutter was a girl named Kim in the eighth grade for me. Uh, not
0: <laughs> that's fucked up.
1: Not, not an Arab nation. <laughs> uh with untold wealth uh uh, (laughs) you know a lot more bloodletting than just kim right um yeah there's like literally thousands of graves there for migrant workers uh which is how we got all things kicked off that's how it all started to create basically a whole nother city for these people to live in who are going to be here for one single event um and they're not even ready for it i saw uh toilets that weren't flushing in the fan village uh, people checking in with piss already in the toilet and it not flushing. Um, the beer situation is god awful. But like, how stupid are you, Anheuser Busch? Like, you didn't know any better. You didn't think that they were going to pull the rug out from under you the last minute. Fuck off. Yeah, idiots. like
0: Do the Middle East research. just loves. They, they, you can't negotiate with terrorists. So I know, did not say that. <laughs> well, you know, Budweiser. Budweiser is being terrorized right now. Probably
1: at the very least, they're being <laughs> squeezed.
0: Yes, I think they're allowed to sell Bud
1: Zero and the, like that's it. They are. Yeah. Um, I
0: saw somebody say that uh, a tie and two Bud Zeros is, must be what purgatory is like. That is pretty accurate. So end in the I, blazing sun. Yeah, something so, like, I, it's something it's a tough situation for them.
1: The group A stage, we're in the group stage now, which is not single game elimination. Um, Ecuador kicks it off with Qatar and leading into the game, I think two, two or three <laughs> days narrative. beforehand. Yeah. There's already allegations of Qataris like, trying to pay off Ecuador to let them win or at least score a goal. Obviously, your boy bet on Qatar to at least well, score I a mean, goal. How could you not? I mean, they, they knew about a couple of players who were approached. I'm sure all of the players were approached. Everybody so was approached. I had to jump on it. Uh, it did not pay out. The Ecuadorians are an ethical bunch. Uh, they decided to keep the game pure and whoop their ass to nothing um U.S looked really good in the first half of that game bad officiating in the U.S game um in the Mexico Poland game I watched today a lot of bad offici- bad officiating but that's no win job like
0: yeah I mean that's yeah it's, that's that's tough either one, way yeah. you
1: have rabid fans that are ready to kill you at a moment's notice so nothing, I don't know how to tow that line nothing quite like that you know no um so I don't know, Joe. What questions do you have about the lay of the land here right now? You want to know the hard Dude, you want to know What do you need?
0: I just want to know who's going to win. Like, is the guy that has the parlay with France going to win? The $550,000 parlay with France as the last leg? So that was
1: interesting because France did not look good at the beginning of their game. I actually watched it today.
0: No, and then they shit pumped them at yes. the end.
1: And uh, I put a bet in for an exact score because I'm just – I love hurting myself. And yeah. I was like, France 2, Aussie 1. So when Ooh. Australia scored the first goal, I was like, "Oh, this is good. this could be real." And uh, yeah, then I don't know what happened. Like France got the lead out of their ass, and holy shit! Um, what was the final? Four one.
0: Oh my god!
1: Yeah, France. I uh, I think that guy may, he may be cashing out big.
0: Yeah, and I think I mean it's kind of a crazy situation. Like I I can't advise enough about betting it, um, but I do know that you can just bet on corner kicks that's is is my new favorite thing and those so, hit. those hit three and a half either not... side
1: parlay those together come on easy money
0: it's just fun it's yeah. just fun
1: like if, but... that, if they're not getting any corner kicks then they're not shooting the goal or shooting near the goal so like maybe if Qatar is on the field I would not bet them on corner kicks I don't know if they can get the ball down that far so not worth it but every other like major team you've heard of free money yeah. over three and a half
0: I I'm I'm with it and I like it so um, let's We'll have a bit of controversy,
1: bit of controversy with the Spanish team.
0: What's Um, happening with the Spanish team?
1: There's a group of players that this coach brought in straight from Barcelona. So like the Barcelona club, I think it's eight, seven or eight players from Barcelona. Okay. Are just on the national team and everyone's pissed off that he didn't go get the best players that are playing at other clubs, but he was the former coach of Barcelona. He was like, I like the way these guys play together. So very interesting. I don't know if the rest of the team isn't to shit about that. It's gonna be weird.
0: I guess it's kind of like if they win though, like then it's like you made the right call, I guess. But yeah, I guess that's a that's a that's a tall task. Maybe but then they all you know, know.
1: Then, then you get the uh the question of was it fair? Mm, does it have to be? Exactly. no, it's FIFA for Christ's <laughs> like, sake. Nothing is fair. You know, the reason I, why like, these I games think are there is because it's not fair.
0: Being fair is overrated. I'm just trying to so, cushion the
1: blow when they blow Costa Rica out of the water on Wednesday. Unfortunately,
0: yeah, it's just if, gonna happen. If, if they I'm keep sorry. it to a one nothing game, I'm, I'll be happy.
1: I'll be that's a dub for me.
0: Uh, well, we will, we will, we will pray for you, and maybe just bet the exact score one nothing. Um, yeah, I would
1: take a look at France to win. Still, by the way,
0: yeah, I think might, I might don't be some know what's left there they're probably still like 5 to 1 at least so might um might have to hit that yeah. yeah that might be maybe that's the play the franchise is so win. good he's so they can just good. actually win something for once <laughs> <laughs> but we've got we've got a busy thanksgiving day slate and well i know that a lot of you guys are tuned in for the basketball we will get to the basketball but i wanted to talk about these three NFL games on thursday um look the the first game that we've got is we've got the bills and the lions Then we have the New York football giants versus the Dallas cowgirls and the new England Patriots versus the Minnesota Vikings. So we'll just, we'll take these in order and I'm pretty excited. It should be a pretty good Thanksgiving. I do think that this early game is just always like, it's always fun because the lines just always get shit pumped, I feel. And like, it's to just give up a lot of points. So this line opened at, um, it opened around eight, which I was very surprised about. And it looks like the bills are getting bet up to nine and a half at this point. Um, I'm just going to get out in front of this right now. We're going to, when we talk about trends, Thanksgiving is like a very public day, which is really odd actually um normally i feel like these big days they t- tend to go away from the public and you know you're you're generally seeing the public losing um but on thanksgiving favorites with 60% of the tickets are 20 and 7 against the spread public sides so 51 and a half, like 50, over 50% of the tickets are 30 and 17 against the spread and then public sides who are also favorites so 51% of the tickets and, uh, and the favorite, 27 and 12 against the spread. Um, so the public has been great against the spread so far uh, or over the past 10 years, really. And when we're looking at this game, when we're looking at the bills right now. Uh, the bills are getting sharp action right now. And they currently have 53% of the bets on the spread for 57% of the money. So they would fall into this. Additionally, actually, when we when we look at this big, big favorites on Thanksgiving have done uh, have done pretty well. And this is a good opportunity here where we're looking at this uh, favorites on Thanksgiving just straight up are 43 and eight. And like I said, they are uh, 30, you know, they're uh, uh, they're 35 and 16 against the spread. Uh, So they've had a really, really good, they've done really well and particularly road favorites of their 23 and one straight up and 19 and five against the spread on Thanksgiving. And unfortunately our one loss was our giants. uh, They lost to the Broncos back in 2009. So that was, that was a tough, that was a tougher dinner to swallow that, uh, that year for us giants fans. But when we look at this, this is a really the the bills are a pretty big favorite and it's it's significant here um when we really are looking at this game i was a bit surprised like i said where this line opened up at uh if you want to back the lions number one i wouldn't um but you should probably wait i think this will wind up hitting 10 uh you're gonna want to grab that 10 but i just i don't i don't really see it and i think that's it's kind of one of those things like they beat the giants last week but when we watch, when we look at this game, I feel like that when you get, when you see a spread like that, you're like, Oh, this spread's like way too high. It's too many points. And then next thing, you know, the bills have a touchdown within the first three minutes of the game and you're like, Oh shit. Like that is not nearly enough points. So I, this is, this is really a good spot for the bills. In my opinion, I know that favorites of a touchdown or more have generally been very bad this season, um, winning only about a third of the time against the spread. Um, but the bills have been poor against the spread in recent history as well. And I think that this is a good get right spot. They're getting that early game. And I think that it's a little bit underrated that they didn't have to really travel. Um, they've been in this area due to the weather. I mean, it sucks like for them, like they're being away from their families and everything like that, but they didn't have to travel and kind of get into a rhythm and on a short week where you don't have to travel. I think that that's, That kind of negates a little bit of the edge that the Lions might have had in this particular spot. So I think that this is a good angle to bet on the Bills. And if we really look at the Lions, the Lions have been brutal on Thanksgiving as an underdog because they've traditionally been an underdog. Um, They are three and 18 straight up as an as an underdog uh, since 1990 and they've lost 15 straight games as an underdog on Thanksgiving. So I I think this is just kind of one of those spots where we see this line and we're like, wow, that's like, that is a fat spread, but you know, you gotta get stuffed sometimes early in the day. And I, and I'm going to be all over the bills. So I would grab this before it hits 10. If I'm looking to bet on the Buffalo bills, uh, in this game anyway, uh, if I'm you, so that kind of takes us to the next game, which is the Giants versus the Cowboys. And both of these teams are actually playing pretty well, uh, or at least record wise. You know, the, the Cowboys survived the Dak Prescott injury and, you know, they are both seven and three straight up and against the spread this season. So it's, it's a huge spread with the Giants kind of suffered a lot of injuries this past weekend, especially to rookie wide receiver, Wandale Robinson. That really sucks. Uh, and it's kind of one of those things with the Giants, just like they they really have struggled at the wide receiver position, either getting talent, keeping talent on the field or, you know, or like not having to trade them. Basically, um, the Giants have really outperformed their expectation and a win here would actually take them over their preseason win total, which is kind of incredible, uh, This, especially this early in the season. Uh, the the thing with the Cowboys is actually they are they are America's team, and the fact that they are America's public ass team, and this seems to be the game where they struggle on Thanksgiving. Um, they're one in ten against the spread in their last eleven Thanksgiving games. So that's 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 pretty bad, uh, producer Corey. And, and I think that the I think that this spot with the 10 points you're getting in a divisional game this is i think this is a great angle for the for the Giants um especially because if we really look at recent history the Giants have been bad against the Cowboys um the Cowboys have been very good against the Giants in recent history uh and they've won 9 of their last 11 games against the Giants but With the new coach, with a new offensive scheme, with Daniel Jones looking a little bit better, uh, and Barkley obviously looking more like himself, uh, this I think is a good spot to back the Giants in a divisional matchup, especially on the road. Uh, What are are we thinking, Corey? You know what I just did? What?
1: You just gave me a link to sign up for a new account, correct? Yes. So I get a free up to $500 First bet. Oh, boy. (laughs) What do you think I did, Joe? Did we bet on the New York Football Giants? bet on the fucking New York Football Giants. Fuck yeah. (laughs) I'm going to either compound my happiness or sadness on Thanksgiving. And it felt fitting. It felt right.
0: I don't regret it. The money line is plus 375. I just took it. So if you bet... If you bet 500 on them, that is to win 1875, which is quite, quite Thanksgiving. That would be, that would be great. That would be great. It would almost be a drop in the bucket for you. Let's go. Giants! (laughs) (laughs) Let's go Giants. All right. With that, I'm not even going to talk about this game anymore. Um, The last game that we have is got, we've got to have some of the, This is probably going to be the most boring game on the slate. Um, And that is the New England Patriots versus the Minnesota Vikings. Um, The spread is at two and a half. The total is at 42 and a half. Personally, I lean on the under right now, Um, even though the over has gotten a little bit of sharp action. But here's the thing. In terms of the money report, the Patriots are getting... 33% of the bets but 53% of the money on the spread so they are getting 20% more in terms of the difference and the Patriots are also receiving most of the money line dollars with 28% of the bets and 56% of the money so we know what these trends are and we you know the Vikings looked brutal against the Cowboys last weekend Um, look like this is an interesting spot because you got Belichick on short rest. And since 2003, Belichick is 29, 15 and one against the spread on short rest. Uh, but that's five and four without Tom Brady. So it's, you know, he he still has been incredible on short rest. But, you know, we got to we always have to temper a lot of those Belichick Brady numbers because they didn't ha- they don't have the other at this point in time. Um, look, this is a game where both of these teams really are going to want to like, at least the Patriots, they love to run the ball. They love to eat some clock. They want to, they want, they're going to slow this down. Um, the Vikings, they should try to run the football, except the Patriots have been pretty solid against the run. The Patriots have one of the better defenses in the league this year. And if we look at this, like I said, the reason I lean on the under is if we look at the trends, so even though this line has gone up from 41 and a half to 42 and a half, when we look at this, the under is 17 and eight in the last 25 games on Thursday night football. And the Thursday and it's 23 and 16 to the under since 2020 um, on Thursday night football. So you know it's it's been it's been great betting unders and Thursday night unders specifically are 11 and 4 with seven in a row. So I, I lean this under here for the Minnesota Vikings and the New England Patriots. I just think that honestly, this is going to be one of those games that's a little bit of a slog. We saw both offenses kind of struggle last week. And I think this is a spot where we are going to see that continuing and we're we're going to be able to kind of take that early Thanksgiving nap. Don't take them out of here. Book them. So what I want to do at this point is I want to turn our attention to the Wednesday NBA slate because as you know this is our bread and butter Wednesday is always a fun day and the thing that I like about the Wednesday slates is obviously you have like basically every game imaginable uh going on at the same time and it so that makes it a little bit more fun but then this year because they're not playing on Thursday obviously we're getting a lot of games on Wednesday and we're also getting a lot of games on Friday um the first game that I really think is going to be interesting. There's a couple things here. The Toronto Raptors versus the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets are playing right now against the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm probably going to be betting on the Raptors, um, but I want to see what this injury report is. So it's a little bit of a shaky spot because I want to be able to capitalize on the line value, but I also don't want to bet on it. And then all of a sudden the nets are like, yeah, fuck it. Like we're just going to play everybody. Um, because in that case I would have to take Brooklyn. Um, another spot that's similar to that is actually going to be um, with the Kings and the Hawks. Uh, the Kings are on the, it's going to be a road back to back. They're playing in Atlanta. The Hawks are minus six. I this game is weird to me because the Kings have been so elite in terms of their three-point efficiency and their offense that it makes me actually want to stay away from betting Atlanta because I just don't believe in Atlanta's like three-point attack or their three-point shot distribution, really. Um, and it's similar to how we bet against them with the Celtics, and it's something that we might continue to do here. Um, another One spot that I do really, really like – is the, is actually the, um it's the, this is the worst. I can't, is honestly like the Indiana Pacers versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's basically a pick them right now. And I think what we're getting here is actually a little bit of preseason bias in this line because at this point in time, the Pacers are 10 and six Minnesota is nine and eight. Minnesota has really struggled to get everything to gel, especially on the offensive end. Uh, They have the 20th adjusted offensive rating compared to the 16th adjusted defensive rating. Whereas the Pacers, their defense has obviously not been good, but we knew that going into the season, but Tyrese Halliburton, our boy is leading Indiana to the eighth best adjusted offensive rating in the league. And this is significant. They're really just cruising through teams. They're cutting, they're shredding teams. And I think that this is a great matchup for Indiana specifically. They shoot a ton, a ton, a ton of threes. And one of the things that Minnesota does is they not only do they allow a lot of three-point attempts, they allow opponents to shoot 42% of their looks from three-point range. Opponents have an effective field goal percentage of 55% from three-point range. They are cooking from long range, and that's a great spot for Indiana. Tyrese Halliburton just had uh, like a 14-assist game the other night, and I think that this is going to be a great spot for this Indiana offense that really relies on the three ball um, to kind of take advantage of what The Timberwolves do, which is they play two big lineups and it makes it much more difficult for them to play that kind of defense against a team that can run a stretch five like Miles Turner and actually shoot from long range effectively from the center position. Um, This is going to be, I think, a really tough matchup for Minnesota. They might be able to protect the rim a little bit. But I do not think, I think that they're going to struggle against the offense that's, and in, in, they're going to struggle to keep up, honestly, with Indiana in this particular matchup. The other spot that I'm looking at, and I'm not entirely sure which way I want to go with this right now, but I'm looking at the Mavericks versus the Celtics. And I think this is a really interesting matchup for a number of reasons. First of all, the Celtics are still number one in adjusted net, but the Mavericks are actually fifth. Uh, and the Mavericks defense has been incredible. They're top four adjusted defensive ranked team and their offense is just outside of the top 10, whereas Boston, they've got the number one adjusted offensive rating, but they're 17th in adjusted defense. So I think that this actually might be a spot where, um, it seems like some of the sharp money is already coming in on Dallas. And I, it's tough because the the Celtics have some good options for defending Luca, um, you can throw Tatum at at him. You can throw. I think Marcus Smart's gonna miss, which sucks. But you can throw a little bit of Jalen Brown. You can throw a little bit of Derek White. You can throw some mismatches. They have more options to defend Luca, and I'm curious to see kind of how that how that actually plays out. So we'll see if I wind up betting that game. But it's definitely a game that I want to see. Uh. And like, see it's especially in terms of future betting Um, in terms of like what I think of the Celtics defense, maybe some ways to stop Luca, but just for reference in the last couple of years, Luca has scored 34, 31, 36, 33, and 26 against the Celtics. So he has been an absolute wrecking ball. And I, I wouldn't be overly surprised if he's still able to do that just based on the sure volume that he gets. Uh, you know, the these spreads and these games are really they're really they're not only are they really interesting, but we have a lot to work with here. And when you have a big slate like this, I try to not bet the board just because you can get a little bit out of hand. You it's tough to manage your bankroll when you do that as well. Um, but what I like to do, and it's something that I've talked about here before, and it's something that I've been talking about in the article that I've been putting out every week for the Action Network, the player prop forecast, is I like to find areas or find spots before the week starts or before, you know, the game starts and before lines are necessarily available that I'm targeting. And a couple of those have been like right now, like I've been really targeting D Anthony Melton for the Sixers. Uh, I think that his matchups are good. I think that he he's taking a ton of threes and that's something that is invaluable. He's made five threes on eight attempts at this point within 22 minutes against the Nets. So he's somebody that until they really adjust this, even if they move his line to three and a half, you're going to see plus money soon on that, on that prop. And that's the spot that we're going to be betting, Um, especially if they're going to maybe sit some guys against the Hornets tomorrow night or tonight rather uh, in this game. So Melton is definitely somebody to bet. And, you know, it's important to do this because the lines move rapidly But if you know early on and you have conviction in what you're doing, um, your process is generally going to be a little bit sounder. And it's kind of one of those things, it's like, you you know, it's like if you ever take a multiple choice test or, you know, like back in the day when you were in school or something like that, I remember my strategy was always to, uh, you know, to try to answer the question without looking at the answers. Um, And if whatever answer came out of my head was one of the answers, then I was like, oh, that's the right one. Um, and I didn't think about it at all. And it was just, that was, that was kind of the way that I looked at it. So when I'm doing this with spreads or when I'm doing this with props, I try to do that. And I'm like, this is where I think it should be. And if I see it to be deviated, like deviated off of that, then I think it's an opportunity to pounce. Uh, and especially if I don't, I see that it hasn't adjusted enough based on my capping of it and my look at the data. One of the other things that I think is really interesting, and it's something that I've been seeing go around Twitter a little bit more lately, um, is the relevant. Like, there's been a lot of readily accessible data to people, especially with these hit hit rates and saying like, "Oh, so and so's hit this prop in seven of the last ten games," and how that is becoming. I think it's valuable still, but I think it's becoming slightly less valuable. and that's in large part because it's it's kind of rudimentary in terms of what your what the process is when you're betting it. It's like you're just betting it on past performance, which is fine to kind of adjust yourself and like adjust your prize and like kind of look at what's going on, but you also have to incorporate a, a cap for each individual game. So to just be betting on blind trends like that is how you kind of can run into some difficulty because these lines are sharp and these books are getting sharper as they're realizing the prop betting is really like a huge huge market and there's a lot of people that want to do it because you can get so much more action on a game uh especially when the lines are so sharp for you know for sides and totals and i think that they're a little bit tougher uh generally but people are like well i like i like luca so i want to bet on luca and i think that when you're not like with with hit rates stuff that used to be a little bit harder because you had to manually do it and now is readily available. Uh it's it's making this much harder market to to continue to bet, especially this year. Um, but with that, this is our annual recommendation. Producer Corey, can you please tell us about the cinematic adventure of a lifetime for Thanksgiving?
1: Sure, it's a whimsical tale of couple of college kids coming home for Thanksgiving. Um, their idea of fun is stopping halfway home and camping. Uh, you know, have a couple beers by the fire. You know, enjoy the atmosphere of fall. However, a cursed turkey is after them and wants their blood. It's called Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble, motherfucker. Go watch it. You're welcome. Make sure you tell your friends. It's a great movie. Uh, it's been snubbed from every award ceremony held on this earth. Uh, and one day, we'll make sure
0: we give that movie its flowers. Dude, that movie is honestly one of the craziest movies I've ever seen. And it <laughs> I, I, it's actually like one of those that you can't find, like you have to buy it. (laughs) It's just like, it's not, it's not like a readily available movie, but I will say that it's, it's worth it just because it's so, it's just so ridiculous. And uh, we'll be sure to, if we can find a free one, we'll let you guys know. I think it's Um, available on on Amazon. Go check it out. I want to say it's on Amazon. Yeah. Just search your like Roku thing or like whatever you got and just, just do it. Take a quick gander. It's Um, incredible. it's, it's, it's actually the best. Um, Corey, what I wanted to ask you is besides our general recommendation, what do you think is the best side on Thanksgiving?
1: Uh, candy, sweet potatoes, hands down.
0: I, I love those. That was not what I thought you were going to It is available say, for but... $0 to rent on Amazon, which is a weird way to put it. All right. It. So you, so you guys know, uh, so rent it on Amazon, please do it. Um, especially as you're getting older, if you don't want to necessarily go to the bar on, uh, you know, Thanksgiving Eve, just yeah, crack a nice IPA. And watch Thanksgiving. It's um, so good, it's ridiculous. It's amazing.
1: The, the um, turkey has some one-liners that are for the ages. They're incredible. Gobble gobble, motherfuckers. There's That's just so many
0: good ones. Um, yeah, I like candied sweet potatoes. I I mean, stuffing is obviously a goat, but I All I don't. Right, here the, we go. Let's have a debate. I don't consider th- stuffing aside stuffing stovetop or homemade. Uh, I like both honestly.
1: Okay. My family is utterly offended that I won't eat the
0: homemade one. And you like stuff, the stovetop. Love, yeah. Love that. shit. I think it's great. I think it's great.
1: You're like, that's fucking Mom- trash. We spend all this time making it. I was like, I didn't ask you to make it.
0: I I know. I mean, it's a, it's like a thing. Like, I don't know. Like, unless Unless your stuffing, like your homemade stuffing, is like top notch, I think it's bad. Yeah. Like whereas if you get like chestnuts, yeah, like no, no, no. Like my mom, my mom said she's gonna make it both ways this year. Um, but she's gonna do the salt, like the stuffing with sausage, and I was like, all right, we're in. That's like that's. I was like, now we're now we're talking, mom. You're talking (laughs)
1: sausage. That's much better. Okay. I was like, this is a totally Um, different ball. What are your thoughts on turnips? uh i don't i don't good yeah they're gross they're just like <laughs> bland
0: potato when you make well, them. i don't get it yeah i feel like it's like a fancy thing but like who's eating it's those fucking why gross, are we doing dude? Why are we my doing family that?
1: whips up a batch like you'd think 30 people were gonna eat it and literally two people find it acceptable to eat on thanksgiving that's oh it. no no usually no, no, no. have 10 pounds of leftover turnips so if anybody knows that, wants wants that shit nobody wants buy that my dms shit. i'll send you
0: some turnips I think that the best vegetable my mom I think is do she said she's going to do asparagus this year which is nice. I'm not a huge uh, asparagus fan. I just like asparagus but I like it it's I think it's got to either be like roasted or grilled. It can't be boiled, don't boil that oh, shit. No, that, that's um, a
1: that's a travesty. That's that makes yeah. a, that's the worst possible version of it.
0: I was talking to a long time listener Vinny Oliva about this and he said that he is going to experience boiled asparagus and he's not looking forward to it this this Thanksgiving. So mm. it's it's been a tough one there. Um, I think that my favorite side, besides, I, I, I am just, I still am just partial to mashed potatoes. I love mashed potatoes, but I do agree that the candied sweet potatoes, like, generally take over because Have like, you mix them hotter, together. yeah. Want to get weird? That's the best right there. It's that's yeah, actually it's, the best side. I think that they actually need to just put the the marshmallows on, like the candied on. You need the, the sweet potato though. You need that that little bit you know, of sweetness
1: it's, that's in I the think potato. It's
0: It's just good for your like your it's good for your plate. I just I'm glad that I deleted my Instagram at this point, because now I just don't have to see all the fucking fake Italian Instagram captions out there. Also, hey, guess what? Italians,
1: this isn't your holiday. All right. All right. No one cares that you had gravy that was actually red sauce near your turkey. Congratulations. (laughs) You made another
0: dish. No one cares. No one is like, I'm Italian. I'm Italian. But I'm telling you, it's like fucking crazy. Like imagine if I just started putting they out do the
1: same shit. They like, look at, look what we had. Oh, wow. You got stromboli as an
0: antipost. Look at you. Wow. But, uh, we really give a shit. It's like, dude, it, it's it, the thing is too, like I think a big thing with other the Italians, you know, is like we used to, like I've always grown up. You, you got the, um, you had like the, you have like an antipost like for an appetizer. It's like always now. It just, it's so common. It's just a charcuterie board, but yeah. just not an Italian Shout like, out to just... white women for taking that from the Italians. <laughs> Yeah, you they just like, uh, they shut, put that like, shit
1: on like a raw piece of bark, and it's like, look at this. It looks pretty online, and now it's white, ours. Way women have gentrified Annie Boss. Yeah. <laughs> When's the movement starting for that, for Italians to take back Annie Foss? Yeah, take, take back Annie Boss. Yeah, <laughs> I was, uh, I was with my cousins, and their, my aunt, their mother is Italian. We had an hour long conversation about how the name changed. I don't and know. You're like, when did that happen? when did it occur it's the same shit it's literally the exact it's the same exact thing, except same place the, the yeah.
0: antiposts used to come on that big round they would tray. come on that big fucking like aluminum yeah like metal tray it was like
1: assorted nicely
0: and it was and they were rolled everything was rolled yeah now you get the flower it's just laid out yeah it's by crazy. the way yeah
1: don't lay out your meat flat on those boards it's a pain in the ass and I look oh, like an asshole for I, touching
0: all the meat. Well, I can't get my yeah. Dish. I hate it because yeah, because then like it doesn't come, up, especially the bruschett. Oh, it like it thin. doesn't like it. It's it's paper thick. Then you get one side of the bruschett that's like eight slices thick, and it's just yeah. It's make pain sure you bunch
1: it. that shit up or do something so that I can grab it.
0: Yeah. So there's that. Um, any other? But my rec-
1: tips. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but do you have any other recommendations for the week, Corey? Uh.
1: Oh yeah, I watched the Good Nurse on Netflix. Good movie. Uh, really crazy. It's About a guy who just fucking kills people as a nurse. Oh, it's that one. Oh my it's god! That one.
0: Yeah, I, I immediately talking, thought of like the, the the show that's on TV, like the good doctor, the good doctor, the, the, uh, the doctor
1: with autism. Yeah, He's too I young to be a doctor. Yeah, yeah realistic guys. Yeah, I don't watch that. Fucking middle America. Always TV. see the commercials. Just
0: blows my mind. It's it's a bonkers.
1: <laughs> um, all I right. Believe this so is a good nurse. nurse. This could happen. Yeah, no, it's really yeah. good. Um, what Eddie Redmayne is in it, and. Okay. Shit, there was somebody else. I can't remember. She's the lead. And I can't remember who it was. But it's really good. Yeah. Go check it out. It's Love not it. too long. Nice, under two hours. That's not bad.
0: Yeah, not I've been meaning. I've been meaning to watch that. Um, the show I've actually been watching a Netflix show. I think it's I think it's called uh, Ancient Apocalypse. And
1: <laughs> is it just Ancient <laughs> Aliens? I watched the preview. It's like this is just Ancient Aliens without the crazy guy in it.
0: Yeah, kind of. Except this guy's like a, little a new crazy, crazy guy. guy. Um, yeah, Graham
1: Hancock. So wait, if I if memory serves me correctly, the intro on the trailer was like, I'm not an archaeologist or a paleo J,
0: but
1: I have thoughts.
0: And like that's yeah. the premise. He he's a capital, he's a capital J that dresses like Indiana Jones. And um it, it it actually is kind of interesting because he is like he's like really he is like framing it. he's like i don't understand like why do you just believe this like <laughs> which is which is kind of a fair That's point fair. he's like he's like you know like this 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 like area that like i can't pronounce the name of he's like they're saying that this originated in like 2000 2000- bc but if we look at the and like that it was impossible for these hunter and gatherers to have like built something like this (laughs) but then if we actually look at this it's like we're carbon dating these like stone carved tablets back to the ice age like ten thousand bc so he's like what the fuck's good with that man (laughs) like like like, tell me about this archaeologist and they just are like we just reject it (laughs) like so i also like can an archaeologist come
1: to terms with the fact that maybe someone who was a hunter-gatherer used an old-ass tablet to write something down?
0: Yeah. How does the carbon dating like, work there? It's I don't know. Well, well, shit well, it's, is age, it's like no matter carbon. what. So, Well, it's weird because like they like... They've like organized, like oh, I think I do think it's always we're in this like tinfoil hat time, but you know it's like all these things, like this like Stonehenge or like all these temples or like the pyramids and shit, they're all like so aligned with the sun and and like the moon and like the equinoxes and whatever. And like he kind of is talking about that. He's like, how did all of these places have the same shit like eight thousand years ago? That's
1: a simple question, and I think deserves a simple answer. Everybody aliens. had
0: one thing in common,
1: and it was the sun and the moon. After time, you can track it. It's not that hard. <laughs> I don't know why everyone's like fucking going crazy about that. It's totally possible that yeah. these people never met each other.
0: The one thing they have in common is to think big, do big things in the sky. Not hard. Or, or you could believe that Aliens. Atlantis was an advanced civilization and they went and just told everybody about it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, on their that, underwater vehicles that they had with their yeah. fleet. Yeah, with mm-hmm. their fleet.
1: So, sure. that, but, but it's been interesting. It's actually it's been, been harmoniously really- with the seals.
0: I will tell you, it's been exceptional, exceptional to fall asleep to. I'm definitely so, gonna be watching it. it. It's worth it. I would would recommend. So you know, like when you're when you're stuffed, when you're gluttonous, when the Giants hit Corey's $500 risk-free bet, and you are just living in all of the glory, you're stuffed stovetop style. Just lay back down in bed, watch some Netflix. Either watch some nurse killing people or watch <laughs> Ancient Apocalypse. <laughs> And just think about cashing that. (laughs) Just think about it. Nice tits, bitch. Oh, fuck! I'm
1: pissed! Your dog had an accident. What the hell? What kind of accident? Well, I took this here axe and I accidentally cut him. Get it? Accident? (laughs) There's no such thing as an evil turkey. Oh, wait. I lied. <laughs> <laughs> God <damn it>. Ugh. <laughs> oh, that hurts. Oh stop. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, you stupid bitch! I'm gonna drink your blood like cranberry sauce, meanie. Go deep, Johnny. Ah.
0: You just got stopped! <laughs>
1: yeah!
0: Thanks, Daddy. I'd die if it wasn't for
1: you. More like you will die if it was for me. (laughs) You kids are retarded. Gobble, gobble, motherfucker. Now that's what I call foul play.
0: Looks like I've got something you don't got, turkey.
1: What's that, Darren, a vagina?
0: You're done. Bitch. I always come back for seconds. Oh, fuck.